0: What is your whole deal, hey bitch? Just tell us how you feel. You wish for a sign from above. Well, here's a podcast about boy sex, fucking, dating, and love. Seek treatment if you're boring as fun, Seek treatment if you're unlucky in love. Seek treatment if you just can't take a hint. We'll seek treatment with Cat and Pat. Hey, hey. It's Kat.
1: Oh, oh, oh yeah. i sorry. <laughs> 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 okay, so We can do a quick intro of just, us and, and then, then we'll intro you. Oh.
0: But keep this. But keep no, this. Keep, keep this because so it's so real. Yeah, it's so real. definitely
1: keep this in, and definitely because it's Carly, so charming. This will, be, this will, of course, be a video uploaded. Uh,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> hey. Uh, it, it, is it is misleading.
0: Yeah. It is misleading. First to know, scream. First
1: to scream hello <laughs> at you. <laughs> <laughs> a, a five, six, seven, eight. A five, six, seven, eight.
0: Hey, hey it's When
1: someone says a five, six, seven, eight, they mean we're about to start something.
0: Totally. A five, six, a five, six, seven,
1: eight. A five, six, a five, six, seven, eight.
0: Hey. Hey. You're
1: not like heating my five, six, seven, eight.
0: I am. I think there's maybe a lag on the technology.
1: Oh, no. Okay. What are
0: you picturing? And definitely keep this in.
1: I'm saying eight. I'm starting to say hey. A five,
0: six, a five, six, seven, hey. Is that what you want? Hey.
1: No, not (laughs) at all. I want a five, a six, a five, six, seven, eight.
0: Hey. Okay. Let's try that. Okay. You music track this. Okay.
1: (laughs) A five, a six, five, six,
0: seven, eight. Hey, it's Kat. <laughs> such a lag for me. Oh, but I don't have a lag. Okay. Okay. Well, right.
1: Don't, don't this Then if I take this is a second zoom. to respond. I won't. Right. Okay. Hey, all right. Okay.
0: This is Catherine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is is musical director Patrick Regan. And this is an episode
0: of a podcast called Seek Treatment, Treatment. which is about boys, Boys, sex, sex, fucking, dating, dating, and and love. We are so, so lucky today to be joined by a literal medical professional which we are not, and we need help. The, not only a medical professional, but the medical professional who did my egg freezing surgery. <laughs> and she's a fertility expert, and she's here to talk about everything you've ever wanted to know. Put your ears open for
1: Dr. Good Lucky Seacon.
2: Thank you for having me, guys. I'm so excited. I'm your biggest fan.
1: No oh way. Thank you so much. Seriously.
2: Thank
0: you so much for coming on. This is such a treat to get some actual information. I love-
1: I love your apartment. It's giving luxury. I know. Where do you it's live? Serving we, luxury. We, can, we can bleep
0: it.
2: I live in Williamsburg. Oh no. Nice. I, oh, I
1: know exactly. Do you
2: live in Williamsburg? I live I in the West to. Village. Okay, got it. Got it. I just remember one of I think when we came to your show, one of your songs was about the L train or something. Almost certainly.
0: Lines. Certainly I'm dropping that reference. <laughs> oh, the, the apartment looks so lush and beautiful.
2: I know oh, exactly
1: where it is in Williamsburg.
2: Oh my god! I She's like that's guess. scary. Let's just
0: give
1: everyone <laughs> my
2: ad-
0: let's give everyone my address. That sounds like a great idea. So, how often do you go into the office?
2: Uh, today's the only day I don't. Today's oh nice! When I get all my paperwork done. It's my admin day, and oh, I like perfect. patients. But usually, I'm there four days a week, and I'm between Soho and our Midtown East office. Um, amazing, Pat. How's okay. that?
1: Well, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say a five six seven eight and you try to just do what musically would happen and let's just see there's lag five six seven eight hey better better
0: (laughs) I feel like I'm like in what's that movie whiplash with the drums
1: never saw it but one time it's really
0: good you're you're JK Simmons and I'm that hot guy who looks like an asshole
1: that's part of an era of culture where everyone always said the sentence of jazz because it's so alive (laughs) people are always saying that i
2: love all the i love all the obscure references they're my favorite
0: yeah well we we love to be behind the zeitgeist and we love to check up on things from 2016 to 20 2013 really 2016. i i told pat as listeners know i recently started watching game of thrones for the first time in the year 2023 i've now gotten through almost seven seasons in about a month so that's really really scary
1: yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. I
0: can't do I I'm
2: not into Game of Thrones. I just sometimes, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes I wasn't you think either.
1: You, my experience with Game of Thrones is you're not into it until you are. And yeah, you know, that's okay. I know Everyone I haven't really given are, it much but... of a chance.
2: It's just yeah, little to like Narnia or of like, totally
0: it's definitely right? not realistic.
1: No, no. <laughs>
2: like, I like Succession. A
0: hundred percent.
1: We can co-sign that Succession is more <laughs> realistic than Game of Thrones. But
0: I will say that a lot of the characters and the themes actually both shows are dealing with a lot of similar themes. Like really? Well, there's like you know family honor, legacy, those kind of
2: like um,
1: those betrayal, say honor, betrayal. Oh, are are there like loyalty? Where your loyalty lie? Tits and ass. Yeah. Um, what
2: about like? Ultra luxury apartments and unattainable wealth. Is there any of that in there? So there's <laughs> like castles. Aspirational
0: content? I, I totally adore aspirational content. So there's it is lacking in that, but it does give you like scenic vistas of mountainsides okay. and glaciers. But I hear you. I okay. do. There's nothing better than a show about a woman in an apartment with glass walls and like a clawfoot tub.
1: Totally. <laughs> now,
0: I love so like,
1: I love the like Gilded Age, like that kind of luxury. Oh, I never where watched it's like- it. Oh, you should. It's kind of fun. It's like back I in the I think I'd day. like you could Like spend period money.
2: dramas.
1: I don't. What's so crazy is I don't, but I like only The Gilded Age.
2: So do you like all the Kira Knightley movies or? Nope.
0: This
1: is a
2: perfect
0: segue because um, one of Meryl Streep's daughters is on The Gilded Age. And years ago, I was at a party in Los Angeles that I was not really invited to. And I ended mm-hmm. up meeting another one of Meryl Streep's daughters, and she asked how old I was, and immediately told me, "You need to freeze your eggs."
1: Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. I
2: Wait, and I have a you, question. I love that, but were you annoyed? How did you feel?
0: No, at the time I was, I was like 24 or something, so I was just like, "Ha ha, that's like a distant dream." But she, she wasn't wrong.
2: Yeah. 24. I
0: think it's maybe. I feel like
2: it's hard to come out and give that advice. I think it's good advice, and we'll obviously get into why. Yeah. But I always feel like it's a real risk because you never know how the person you're giving that advice to is going to receive it. Right. Because it can come off a little bit like TikTok, judging, yeah. or it can come off like, I actually care about you and I'm giving you good advice.
0: Yeah. I think if you couch it with like, you uh, you might as well do it when you're so young, then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Compliment. Wait, your eggs
1: are smelling, your eggs are smelling luscious and young. These <laughs> things. You're going to want them later
0: so on this pod we'd love to ask this is such an important question we ask all our guests who were you who are you and who do you want to be so growing up dr lucky dr lucky how do you dr seacon yes dr Dr. lucky it's 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 such an amazing name it's incredible (laughs) yes doctor Lucky. i I had
2: to do this is lucky your real name yeah it's my real name amazing so where are you from where'd you grow up So I grew up in the suburbs of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and, um, there's a lot of immigrants. It's like mainly, um, a lot of immigrants in Canada. That's like what it is. I, it's just like a lot of people came from India and all over the place. So I'm originally East Indian and my parents, um, were, basically hoping I'd be a boy because that's how <laughs> Indian families are. Mine, my too, mine, too, mine
1: too, mine too, mine too,
2: mine <laughs> <laughs> uh, too. I was a third daughter and my sisters have normal names, but they just didn't have a girl name prepared. And they were like third, third time lucky, third tries the charm. And then it that's just kind of stuck. Amazing. And they didn't put thought or effort into finding an alternate real name so this is my name now
0: <laughs> I love it it's so That's great a true story
2: but you know it's worked out really well and, and it's D- easy to remember so
1: do you get a lot of questions about your relationship to the song here's a story about a girl no Lucky.
2: I mean it comes up once in a while I feel like of course think about Britney Spears as much these days, for better oh. or for worse. Um,
1: oh. I think people think I about remember her.
2: Remember the moment I heard about it.
1: Wow. What? Yeah. What? I think people think about her more than ever.
2: I think they did, but like she seems to have faded back into obscurity, or maybe I just yeah her Instagram. <laughs> well, weird.
0: I think they think about her, but not her oeuvre,
1: perhaps Pat. Yeah. One yeah. time recently, or like they're not um, playing
2: her songs,
1: right? So, I guess in my culture. They are playing her song. So.
2: <laughs> your
1: your, your I still culture of gay. The moment yeah.
2: I heard it, I was I was pulling an all nighter, and I was delirious. I think I was in high school, and I was like pulling an all nighter, studying for exams as you do. Mm-hmm. And it came on, and I thought I was schizophrenic or something. It was uh-huh, like the uh-huh. story of a girl named Lucky, and I thought I was hallucinating, uh-huh. tired, yeah. or that I was having a psychotic break. that's
1: amazing, but it was just that's like story. me. <laughs> That's like me in the movie. It's Pat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
0: crazy. So, did you always want to be a doctor when you were in high school? Were you like super genius?
2: No, no. I mean, yes to the genius part, but you no, know, <laughs> I didn't want to be a doctor. You I want to be? tried to rebel because it's like the Indian trope. I was sure. like, no, of course, like you want me to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. I'm going to be a writer. Yeah, I was like, you to do something notable in order for people to want to read what you write. Uh-huh damn I like, okay i don't know and i did if
1: actually, that's true i am if so that's true we're fucked the river not a without a, in sight
0: sans Padlet.
2: <laughs> i i mean i never said he was right but anyway i i kind of just fell into it i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do i was in my second year of college and i ended up getting an internship at the cleveland clinic of all places and it was in male fertility i was working with like a urologist so I was sitting Ooh. around talking about sperm all day long. Oh and I was God. like, same. What is this same. Business? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. And then I realized you could freeze eggs. I just thought it was very empowering. And I don't know, I loved it. And then I tried to explore other things, but I just kept going back to it.
1: In And the, um, there should be a Venn diagram of my my culture and lucky's culture and and that differences it could be um one people are always thinking about britney's uber and that people aren't always thinking about <laughs> britney's uber and in the same people are always talking about sperm all sure. day <laughs> all day <laughs>
0: yeah. we're making shirts we're making shirts <laughs> So you were like in, you're in college, you're addicted to sperm, you're like, let's make my dream. So then you had to how how much school do you have to go to? Be real. Yeah. Be it's real. It's
2: so much. It's so much because you have to do undergrad. That's what Canadians call college. And oh, then man. you do med school. So that's like you rack up eight years, postgraduate <gasps> education. And then you do residency, which is a brutal experience. You feel like you're in the military. And I did that here in New York. That's what brought me to New York City. I was going to ask, when did you move to the States? Okay. 2011. And I was like in a deep, dark black hole for four years. Like just like no sleep, just intense delivering babies. And then I did three more years of subspecialty training infertility medicine and then I ended up staying on at RMA but they trained me they're part of the Mount Sinai program so that's this is crazy so that's what
0: four for college four for med school four, four for residency
2: yep and three for fellowship
0: oh my god and you look really young which is amazing thanks how do you keep your young glow
2: I mean, makeup helps. I feel like the pandemic probably helped a little bit because you were like, we were wearing masks and maybe there was less sun exposure. I don't know. I'm just going to go with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So so you moved for the residency. And then, yeah, because I found RMA because my random, first of all, it's impossible to find a good gynecologist, but I found one who I kind of like at Mount Sinai. And then he referred me to Dr. Stein, who happens to be my friend's uncle,
2: yeah. I love him. He's amazing. He's
0: amazing. And I went in there, I was like, oh, I'll just explore, see what this is all about. Cause I've been told I have PCOS as you know. So I was like, I need to see what's up inside. And you know, sometimes you you take one of these meetings and you never think about it again. But with Dr. Stein, he was like, yeah, we should do it. Like, let's do it. Come tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. So then all of a sudden I was like, damn, I'm just like doing this thing. And it actually wasn't that big of a deal. I just tell I told my friends, like, if you have like three weeks where you can not think about other things then you should just do it.
2: Did you feel like you had to pull, put your full concentration and effort into it and you weren't able to multitask?
0: Yeah, I, I was, I could not have been like performing and stuff. Maybe at the beginning. That
2: makes sense. That makes sense.
0: But I was, I was in a really bad mood and I was just like kind of swollen. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: it's, I always say it's two weeks of your life because it's like yeah. eight to 10 days of shots. And what we're actually doing is important to understand because there's a lot of misconceptions, right? The whole point of why people want to freeze their eggs or think about it. And I want to be clear because I think fertility doctors get a bad rap. A lot of people think that I'm going to say everyone needs to freeze their eggs and like Mm -hmm. you should do it otherwise or else. And I don't feel that way. I think everyone should know about it. And that way they'll never have any regrets and say, oh, if I had known, I would have done A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. So what it is, is basically trying to, it's its a reproductive hack. It's trying to get around the annoying fact that we're born with all the eggs we're ever going to have. We don't make new eggs and we don't fix our eggs. So our egg count and our egg quality is always changing even before you can ovulate, even before you go into puberty. But it's not as alarming as people make it out to be. A lot doesn't change for Honestly, your twenties up until your early thirties, you're usually going to be in a good place where you have a lot of eggs available and the quality tends to be as good as it can get. It's never perfect for anyone, right? Cause it's still been two decades at that point. So you can still always ovulate an abnormal egg here or there but it's really considered at its optimum level in your 20s and early 30s. And every month, something that I'm sure most people aren't aware of, and maybe you don't even know this having gone through the process, but there's this thing happening in the background, whether you're on the pill or not, whether you have PCOS and you're ovulating regularly or not, you're always bringing a very small subset of your eggs to the surface of the ovaries. And they're kind of Like recruited in a sense. It's like they're, (laughs) I always think of it as like American Idol for the ovaries, and they're trying (laughs) to get the ovaries. (laughs)
1: that's crazy And whether
2: or not you ovulate they get thrown out so it's a brutal form of american idol like if you don't like the cut you die basically oh my god
1: Um, that's how it should be that's how it should be that's how it should be
2: (laughs) i I tend to agree i'm more of like a simon kell type person But um, anyway
1: i wish um, Uh, i wish a real american idol was like ovulation american idol
2: i know i i I, I mean i would i would love to recreate that in a 90 second reel i'm working on it totally Um, but anyway Basically you take these shots and they're the same hormone that your brain sends to your ovary to select one lucky winner, one lucky egg to ovulate, but you're you're taking them at a higher level because we want to select all of them before they get thrown out. So we're basically salvaging or trying to save what your body's going to waste. And the younger you are, the more eggs you have. So the more you're wasting every month, the more you're bringing to the surface and throwing out and the more we can collect. So that's the advantage of doing it at a younger age is that you're going to have access to more and a higher proportion of those eggs are actually going to be healthy if we needed to turn them into embryos to help you get pregnant. And when you get older, it gets harder to get pregnant. And when I say older, it's not like day and night. Everyone thinks that they turn 35. Mm -hmm. It's terrible for their fertility. It's just that things start to change faster faster. And it becomes harder. It takes longer to ovulate a healthy egg. And there's a higher risk of things like miscarriage, but people get pregnant without my help all the time, even over 35. So I don't want anyone to feel nervous or panicked about it. It's just about, you know, the more, you know.
0: Yeah. I feel like celebrities are always
2: pregnant
1: at like 50. Well, do you watch Real Housewives at all?
2: I'm obsessed with Real Housewives and I literally am counting down the days to the new season of New York. (gasps)
1: Well, can I ask you, what do you think about, like, isn't it crazy how Kenya got pregnant at 49 pretty naturally?
2: So I talk about this all the time on social media and that's because I feel like celebrity headlines are helpful in some ways because it, it gets us talking about fertility, which you know, 20, 30 years ago, that was not happening at all. And people were just sitting alone with their thoughts, afraid about their fertility. Mm -hmm. So it's good to lift the stigma But the bad side of it is that people are sharing, but they're not always sharing the full story. Not that Mm. they owe anyone an explanation, but I do think if you're going to share a little bit, it would help to be very honest and transparent about how these things happened because, It gives really unrealistic expectations. I have a lot of patients that come to me and they're like 49 and they're like, I'm still on the pill. I just want to explore my options. I watch Atlanta. I'm
1: caught up on Atlanta.
2: (laughs) Right. And I'm like, okay, well, there are a lot of things aren't what they seem, right? Things aren't always what they seem. And I would say, I I never speak in absolutes. I think any doctor, any person that says never or always, that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. So anything is possible, but it is increasingly unlikely, um, over the age of 45 to easily get pregnant with your own eggs, unless you froze your eggs from when you were younger, or you froze embryos with a partner or sperm donor when you were younger, or you could be using donor egg because your uterus does not age. So you could be in menopause. Someone could have removed your ovaries and I can give you your eggs that you froze or An egg donor can provide eggs, and I can get you pregnant at any age. Whoa! Should I get? Yes. The question is, should Should I I get get you pregnant? pregnant? Yeah.
1: Meet me me to Catherine every day. (laughs) Get you pregnant?
0: (laughs) My dream. My dream. Why? Um. So. So if you're like sixty, you could get someone pregnant. Yes.
2: Yes. You can. And and so why don't why don't you? Well, because it is not always the safe it's not going to be the safest thing is it always the ethical thing right you need to think about who's going to be around to care for this child but men, so but, really... but but lucky men get to
0: have kids when they're like 92
2: well actually these are conversations that we have because there and there's no Cutoffs, right? It's not like okay, if you're this age, you cannot do this. But Mm -hmm. it's a bit of an ethical dilemma. So we often will look at the combined age of both partners, and yeah, you have to think about, and you also have to look at a couple or an individual support system. Like if they are at a point age wise where you're not, or they have health issues, and you're Mm -hmm. not sure how long can they be around for this child. The goal should be someone who is in that position having these conversations and making these decisions should really ideally be around to raise the child to adulthood, right? And then it's like, who are we to make these decisions? So it's really hard. You're balancing patient autonomy, doing what you want to do with your body, which is everyone's right, with making sure that you're setting a future child up for a healthy situation and that you're not doing any harm. So it's complicated. But going back to your question about you know kenya moore the janet jackson's of the world a lot of times people are using egg donor and they're just not disclosing it or they use technology to help them get there and it's another recent example is courtney kardashian mm-hmm. right like yeah it was a buzz about courtney kardashian because she just came out about how using her frozen eggs she had a very small number seven eggs frozen from when she was 39 So there's a certain number based on the age you are when you freeze your eggs. That's ideal. That's going to make you feel more confident. And that's not a confident place to be. And so she thought out those eggs and they weren't healthy. And um, she threw in the towel and said, I'm done with IVF. But then weeks later, she's like with her sign at the Blink-182 concert, I'm pregnant. And no one has any context or details. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's a lot happening behind the scenes, but I'm glad that people are talking about it. But yeah. it, then it's my job to step in and other people who are active in educating the masses, you know, to, to clear it up and explain how this is even possible.
1: Yeah, totally. it's my job to say that <laughs> um, in this season, though, we saw Kenya go back to the doctor and she wants to have, and she's thinking about having another, but the doctor was like, you almost died in childbirth and like, we don't think you sh- maybe should, but like, right. maybe look into so having going a surrogate to- or something.
2: Yeah. And Kat, sorry, I didn't answer your question. I just like went all around and meandered. but I meant to tell you that yes, you can get pregnant, but should you, it's important to know that in your forties, you start to have, even though we can use your younger eggs and all of that, your body changes as you get older. And so you're more prone to things like high blood pressure and Diabetes is more likely as you get older, things like that. Um, that can lead to complications in pregnancy, right? Mm. So, um, if you know, I, I never use the word geriatric. I don't know why everyone always brings that up that comes yeah. up in like movies. We don't actually, I've never used that term to describe <laughs> someone over 35, but it is true that over 35, you see like a slight incremental memory. risk and you have to kind of. Look out for certain things, and then if you're over forty, that risk increases. Okay. If you're over forty five, it's even more risky. So that's just something to be aware of. And if you had a prior pregnancy that was really complicated, then that might change the perspective of your doctor about how safe it is to proceed in the future.
0: I see. So once you have frozen your eggs, what is the procedure for get for popping them back in?
2: So a lot of people will assume that just because you froze your eggs, now I'm going to be using IVF. I'm going to use my frozen eggs and that, this is how I'm going to build my family. So that's misconception number one. I always say to use it as a backup plan. So the mm-hmm. first step is you should try to get pregnant okay. or have a conversation with your doctor who helped you freeze your eggs and say, Hey, I'm going to start trying. How should I factor this into my decision-making? There are some instances where it makes sense to just rush straight to using your eggs like, if you have a known genetic issue or your partner does, and you want to test the embryos for that, let's say one of you carries like the BRCA gene, which is a cancer predisposing mutation, mm-hmm. you can test embryos to rule that out and avoid passing it on to your future child, which is That's pretty crazy. Cool. Yeah. And so, there might be things that from the get go, you know, you're going to need to do IVF. So, just thaw the eggs out right away. Mm -hmm. But otherwise I would, I would advise trying and using these as a backup plan because this might be something that you end up needing for baby number two, right? Um, but you would come back, you would thaw them out, fertilize them with sperm, either from a partner or a sperm donor. And the way we do that is we literally inject one sperm into each egg. And then we grow as many of them as we can into embryos and it's kind of like survival of the fittest. It's like survivor going back to my uh, reality <laughs> show references. And it's really um, survival of the fittest because we only expect like half of them to get there. A lot of them will stop growing as- along the way. And then they become embryos and you can genetically test them or not. Um, a lot of them are going to be not viable. So it is helpful to genetically test and screen them. And then what you're looking for isn't is this embryo going to turn into a kid that gets into Harvard? It's not that type of genetic screening. It's just making sure all of the chromosomes are there and you're trying to avoid the risk of things like miscarriage and you can freeze the embryos and then you can wait for the results to come back and then select one at a time. That's how we do IVF in most instances now where we're not trying to have twins or triplets. We're trying Mm -hmm. to minimize the risks.
1: And then those kids can go to like Arizona State or something.
0: Right. Those kids are allowed to go to state school. <laughs>
2: Whatever they want.
0: <laughs> is there a, is there a test for whether or not kids will be good at alt comedy in, in Brooklyn and Manhattan, downtown Manhattan.
1: <laughs> and if so, can the parents be warned so they can make a choice?
0: <laughs> <laughs> An informed decision about all, how to proceed.
2: <laughs> these are all major, um, the major subject of current research. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. And honestly, I think it's nurture too though. It's like nature, nurture. It's very hard to separate the
0: two nature nurch wait yeah. i was gonna say like i'm so, gonna name my twin daughters nature nurch
1: i am gonna name my twin daughters nature nurch
0: that's really good I,
1: and nature nature i'm not gonna i'm not gonna have her i'm not gonna influence her at all and nurch i'm gonna like really try to control her and totally <laughs> Which of the daughters <laughs> it becomes America's next top spot. supermodel. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> that would be a really great sitcom.
0: Nature nurch. Wait, let me ask you this. So you're saying you're saying you you thaw the eggs, inject them, freeze them again, then thaw them. Yes. How long does that
2: take? So turning eggs into embryos, that takes one week. Oh, OK. Right? That's and you're not nothing. doing it. You're not doing anything during that time. So patients will freeze their eggs and say, like, what happens if I move away? And mm-hmm. I always tell them. We can make the embryos here while you're wherever. Just ship us the sperm to turn them into embryos. Well, and then we can freeze them. You don't have to freeze them, but it makes sense to freeze the extra ones at least. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing genetic testing, you want to give time for turnaround of those results. So you're going to freeze everything. Embryos have a really high thaw survival rate, right? When you go to freeze them and thaw them out, 98% or more will survive the thaw. Eggs, it's more variable, but the younger you are, the better the thaw survival rate. That is the typical trend we see. And right now, I would say it's like 90 to 100% of eggs can survive the thaw if they were frozen when you were in your 20s and early 30s, which is a really great statistic and improvement over the past decade.
0: Dr. Stein told me to do eggs, not embryos, because you never know what happens in relationships. 100%. <laughs> Did you guys that hear about
2: Sophia Vergara? In that whole saga. No, that this, this is like really old tabloid gossip. I think Anna Kendrick is a more recent example. I don't know the exact details, but I think she, she froze um, embryos with a partner and then they broke up and mm. she regretted it because obviously unless that person's super cool and you're also cool with having a child with them, once you're in a new relationship, or even if you're trying to do this on your own, you may not want to use an embryo created with an excess sperm, right? So you're you're locking yourself into a situation you're committing when you're you, when you're making embryos. Um, if you're making eggs, you're only involving yourself, so it's simpler, but you're further removed. You know, not every egg will survive the thaw. Not every egg will fertilize. Not every fertilized egg grows into an embryo and not every embryo is going to be genetically normal. You can't test a genetically single cell. Normal. Yeah, genetically normal meaning having all of the DNA it's supposed to have. I don't mean that in any way that should be construed as offensive to anyone.
0: Totally, um, no. It's, it's, what I, it's what I'm naming so. my next special.
2: <laughs> genetically normal. Let me I ask you this.
1: There's a, oh, there a lot of reality show people right now. I think Ariana and Tom have this, and I think there have been others –
2: they froze who embryos? frozen
1: embryos i think that ariana or maybe they were about oh to freeze god. embryos but there are there are and i can't think of exactly who at least like three reality show couples that like on cam froze embryos and then broke up. yeah and it's kind of like what are you going to do with them
2: well when you go through the process i froze embryos with my husband by the way um oh my god husband reveal husband then... reveal husband <laughs> reveal. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually right here and no, i'm just
0: kidding what's he um, all about what's his name how do you meet
2: His name's Bobby. Um, I met him uh, when I was a first year resident. And I was just basically like, this is the one time I've been let out of my cage. So let me (laughs) make the most of my night. And I I picked him up. I introduced myself. I didn't waste any time. And he thought I was a complete freak because I had no time to get ready and leave my house. And I couldn't find my ID. So I brought my passport. So he was like, very glamorous, lucky, your name is lucky. And I was like, here's my passport. He's like, why are you walking around with your passport? Like you're such a weirdo. Cause um, you're a global
1: citizen. You're
0: a global. So says, this was at, this was yeah. at a bar in, in New York.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. And, um, my chief resident scrubbed me out of a case at like 9 PM. So I was like, Oh my God, I have to like go meet my friends. And I introduced myself and he thought I was a weirdo and didn't call me for like a whole month. And I still haven't my gotten God. to the bottom of why like what was happening during that? We hunt? hate him.
1: <laughs> throw out the embryos. Throw
2: out the embryos. No. So we, So we froze embryos at thirty-four. Okay. Um, and they—they. They, it's so funny because I did it at my place of work, and I was—I was basically like sitting with him, and one of the coordinators goes through this packet of consents, and it's so odd to actually go through it as a patient because they're like, "What happens if you guys get divorced? What happens? Oh if my you God. die? What happens if you die? What happens if you both die? And we're like, um. But we both answered at the same time and they were like, what happens if you get a divorce? And I was like, that's never happening. At the same time, he's like, we would let the lawyers decide. Oh my so, God. Yeah. So yeah, we do hate him. I hate oh, him. Oh wait, so um, is, he a, to ask- is he a doctor? Sorry. No, no. What no. Is- that was another thing I rebelled against. I was like, I'm not marrying a totally. doctor to my parents. Um, but he's a software engineer. So <laughs> there goes that. So you have you don't
0: you don't have kids now, do you?
2: I do. I have two. Oh, you have two, two kids. Yes. I have a How do you juggle it all, girl? Um, I have an amazing nanny. There we go. Been with us since the oldest one was eight weeks old. Wow. So, yeah, you have to have solid support. And I, and I don't have any family around, so it's like really important that she shows up every day so I can go do my job.
1: Yeah, that's Is your crazy. family still in Toronto?
2: They're like all over the place. But My parents are still in Toronto. Um, and yeah. My brothers there, my sisters in San Francisco, and the other ones in Denver. So we're like all over. Wow. I was. Did you know ask... any of stuff about the egg freezing? Like, has this ever crossed your radar, Pat?
1: Um, it's not a huge part of my life because of my culture, but um, <laughs> I do feel like as a 34 year old gay man, like I'm surrounded by women that are that are at least talking about or thinking about freezing their eggs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask. I feel like you know we always talk about women's fertility, but what are things that can happen with men's fertility? Are there things men should be aware of or be thinking about if they want to have kids—be be they straight or gay or
2: bi, yeah, or bi, yeah. I, I think that <laughs> what
1: should bi guys matter- be doing? What should bi, what should bi guys, bi guys be, doing? be doing to protect their <laughs> sperm?
2: I think everyone, regardless of their sexual orientation or who they are. Um, the biggest, and this is going to sound super preachy and doctor-like of me, but the biggest thing you can do is to not smoke, honestly. Um, yeah, I think that that's like, if you're thinking lifestyle things that will promote reproductive longevity and slow down the rate of reproductive aging and lower your risk of health problems in general and fertility issues, not smoking, um, on both the male and female side of things, um, male Uh, Men, people that produce sperm have a biological clock too, and that's a huge misconception. So I think um, for men, for anyone that makes sperm, it usually kicks in in their mid to late 40s. And what it means is not that you have issues with getting someone pregnant or that there's a higher risk of miscarriage, although at the extremes of age for men, that can be true. Um, like sperm quality and stuff can decline, but um, there are associations between advanced paternal age, that's what we call it, um, and problems in the children. Like you can pass on mutations that are acquired throughout your life as you age. And so things like autism have been linked to older fathers, um, childhood cancers, oh um, and neurodevelopmental issues. And again, like I don't want to be an alarmist, but it's such an easy thing to do if you're a man and you want to freeze sperm if you knew for whatever reason, because of your lifestyle or because Mm. of your career aspirations, you're not going to want to have children until you're in your late forties, fifties and beyond. Why not freeze sperm and use your healthier, younger sperm?
0: Are any men thoughtful Um, enough
1: to ever do that? Once in a while. Maybe they're scared, they'll freeze it. And then when they want it, they'll be like, you're too old. You can't, you can't have it now.
2: I mean, I don't think people think that far ahead. I think it's just that Men have been taught in society that they just don't have to think about it, that there'll always be something that's available, but you never know what can happen in life. I think it's always good to
0: that's have a true. option. Well, honey, yeah. that's, we know that's true. No, I okay. think everyone's, the main question everyone's probably wondering is how much does all of this cost? I feel like that's what the most people ask me. What do you tell people yeah. like, how expensive is all this? Because it is insanely expensive.
2: It is. And part of the reason is, and I wish I could say that I'm doing all of the procedures and all of the things. I mean, you've been through it, so you saw... You know, you check in for your egg retrieval, and I, the doctor, am the one doing it. You have an anesthesiologist that's putting you to sleep for I five to ten that. minutes. I love that. It feels so good to be put, put sleep.
0: <laughs> Pat, you would love
2: it's like it. Like cocktails without. <laughs> I
1: would anymore. love to. I would love to be put sleep. It's my dream of to go under. Like
2: Michael Jackson, though. I mean, what'd it, you say? It is a, at the risk of sounding like Michael Jackson, it's like the best nap ever. <laughs> it is, yeah. and then when you
0: wake up, you're like kind of giggly, and you just feel like heaven. And then the nurses are being so cute and funny to you.
2: And you also like made a TikTok that went viral from our recovery
0: room so guys if you want to go viral the easiest way to do it is to freeze your eggs get put under wake up and ask the nurse to film you and ask the nurse if she cares about you or knows about you and when they say no (laughs) say you (laughs) well oh my
1: god so funny i um i never was under the knife but i it's my dream to be to be put under but um
0: i hope you never have to go under the knife sweetie well
1: well you know i want my bbl so maybe that will be you see the video i sent you no, I don't think I did. I was taking a video about this.
0: It's this amazing Australian woman. She's an adult, an amazing adult actor. And she's like, yeah, hi, guys, here's 10 things I wish I knew before I got my baby L And she's like, it's, <laughs> it's, the way she describes the healing process makes you want to die.
2: Oh yeah. I yeah, and get don't go that. to a different country to do it. Mm. You know, no headlines about that. That's like I know well, that's. A I popular buy. Thing. I
1: buy American. I buy American. <laughs> I buy all my ass is American.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, going back to your original important question about uh, I'm trying to keep us on track. Here,
0: yes, but. thank you. You got to keep. Got to um, keep us in line.
2: I'm not the one in the lab doing the actual freezing of the eggs and then thawing them out later and injecting. them. We have a team of 30 to 40 embryologists who are the behind the scenes. They're the real MVPs. They're the ones actually doing, you know, all of these things that I'm talking about. They're carrying out, it's almost like a micro procedure surgery because they're doing it all under the microscope. And it's a lot. Like there's they have specialized training and I was gonna say, do they go to
0: how do you become an embryologist? Same trajectory, or do you go to less? Basically. No, I'm it's scared. Little,
2: I would no, I would say that it's um it's a very specialized field, and you have to be good with your hands and you have to do a certain number of procedures to be signed off. It's very practical. And so my point is is that I, as the doctor who spent all these years training, I'm really focused on stimulating your ovaries, managing your hormones, extracting mm-hmm. the eggs, and then figuring out the plan from there. And I'm the one that actually puts the embryo in your uterus if and when you come back to use the eggs to mm-hmm. get pregnant. But all of those other micro procedures happening in the lab is with a team that you never meet. And they're a highly skilled, highly specialized group. So we're paying their salaries. We're Mm -hmm. paying for all the equipment. We're paying for the maintenance and storage of your eggs, embryos, and sperm in the lab, which requires a backup generator. Because if there's ever a power outage, we need to make sure we have power for at least three days. Um, You know, to keep the temperature where it is. Um, So in order to run a lab effectively, it's very expensive and there's a lot of overhead. And unfortunately, this is what really drives the cost up and there's a lot of misconceptions about it. Um, and people are really angry about the cost and I don't blame them, especially since a decade or more ago, 0% of egg freezing cycles were covered by insurance. Now it's more like 50% of the patients who come to me and freeze their eggs have coverage. So it's a lot of companies and it's not just Google and Facebook that they were really like the trailblazers, all the tech companies, but now it's a lot of just regular companies. Like a lot of even smaller companies are starting to get benefits.
1: I think WGA covers, I think a lot of people, writers don't know this, but I think WGA, yes. someone told me, covers like either IVF or egg freezing or something.
0: Well, Lord knows yeah.
2: sag didn't cover mine.
1: Yeah. Well, I a think lot they of-
2: might now. I think oh. they might now, though. This is the yeah. thing. I think that everyone should ask about this when they're going on job interviews, because Mm. then people will start paying more attention. If we all want to be activists, that's one thing you can do to improve the situation is make a point of it and and don't be afraid to make a point of it. I think a lot of times people don't want to bring up things like that or anything personal at an interview, Mm -hmm. but I think if, if employers know that this is something something people are looking at and there is a trend since the pandemic especially of people really focusing not so much on salary but more on like the perks and the lifestyle and whether they can work from home and what are the benefits and i think that this is something that we should really be emphasizing so
1: i think that it should be i think that we as a culture need to move on from do you have any questions for me culture it's yeah, like so, so fake, annoying like it's so yeah. like um superior it's like I'll ask, we've been having this whole conversation, so I would know to ask if I had a question. <laughs> and I've already asked a couple of questions, so that's it. And like, now you're making me feel absolutely insane, and yeah, like, everyone's being what about, like, like can we just be phones? real?
2: I'm so tired of like, maybe- I mean, I've gone through so many interviews in my life with all my training, and it's like, having a list of faults that are really positives. It's so it's so totally
1: it's so crazy. My
2: next job interview, I'm going
0: to walk in spread my legs, say my uterus isn't going to age but my eggs. will. are you going to pay for me to freeze them? (gasps) So I can bring my kitty to work day. I would encourage everyone to do that. But I will say so what so what the cost is what like, I think I paid like $15,000.
2: Yeah, I would say it's about $10,000 to freeze your eggs, but that doesn't include the cost of medications and medications are expensive as well. So I I think that's an accurate estimate when you're talking about taking the eggs out. So egg freezing is the first half of that process, but if you're actually turning them into embryos and then coming back to transfer the embryo, that's closer to 20 to $25,000 if you're paying fully out of pocket. Um, And so I think this is going to change in the future. I think a, we're getting to see that more insurance companies are prioritizing this and not treating it like a luxury. They understand mm-hmm. that this is about um propagating the human race, not to be uh, you know, dramatic, but <laughs> it's important. And um, I think it's also going to the cost will be driven down by automation and being able to work smarter in the lab and maybe, you know, not harder. have. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I think, I think if you can reduce the amount of manpower that's needed, so a lot of new technologies are coming out that are allowing for more automation and more security in the way things are stored so that it doesn't require as much human labor. Um, so I feel like there, there's definitely positive changes coming down the pipeline.
0: Do you have any tips for women with PCOS like myself?
2: Yeah. I think a lot of women uh, don't even know what PCOS is or if they have it. So my first, I haven't had my period. Just...
0: I haven't had my period in a year. Are you doing anything about that? Are you on? I'm on the pill. Or... I'm on this. Like what the hell is okay. this? But I have to take <laughs> like That's
1: Alka-Seltzer. That's Alka-Seltzer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have to take this um, progestin only pill because I get migraines with visual aura. I'm yeah. riddled with issues. Lucky.
2: Well, okay. PCOS, right? First, step is if you're someone who has a uterus and you get a period, but your period isn't regular or your period is really, really painful, or you get really heavy periods. I think those are all red flags that should be investigated. And I think we as a culture (laughs) have suffered in silence for too long Mm -hmm. and people will ignore things or they normalize them because it's like, well, this is just how it's been my entire life. But if you feel like you're an outlier in your friend group or you know, you're the only one that had to miss class because you had such painful or bad periods right. or your periods are just super irregular. You need answers, right? So the first step is you need to find a good doctor, go to an OBGYN. And and it's hard to find like, a good one. I know. I have recommendations. So if you can yeah, DM me all the time. Oh, maybe really? Maybe, yeah. Maybe DM Dr. Me. Lucky.
0: Cause I will <laughs> yeah. say like, or even like every gyno I've been to, they walk in and they, they act like they want to give you like three minutes of their time. They act like annoyed when you ask questions. And I'm like, I'm 30 years old. I've never had a regular period. Like there has to be something yeah. we can do. Like I, I literally never yeah. get my period. It makes me feel yeah, awful.
2: Yeah. I know it sucks. And I think also the system sets a lot of doctors up to fail. I am going to say that. And I'm yeah. not saying that feeling that way as a patient is okay by right. any means. But a lot of people will come to me because I'm a subspecialist, meaning I'm not just an OBGYN, I'm a subspecialist that focuses mainly on things like this, hormonal issues. So then you know, you're getting an hour of that person's time, right? Um, And maybe it doesn't need to be like that. I have, like I said, so many great OBGYN colleagues that I trained with that I trust implicitly that I know will not make you feel like that. So I'm happy to give recommendations. Point is, don't settle for less. If you're not getting answers, you're getting waved off you can take your business elsewhere, right? That's the one great thing about living in this capitalist hellscape versus (laughs) Canada where I grew up. You can't like shop around for doctors. You kind of have to stick to whatever you're given because it's all free. Here, you can actually say, you know what, this was not a great experience and um i'm gonna go elsewhere and for better or worse people are reviewing us on yelp and like all these other websites Mm. i'm not saying it's good but there are some good things about it because at least you're kind of vetting people before you even see them anyway you go to the gynecologist and let's say it's irregular cycles they're going to do a couple of different things they're going to first of all talk to you that's the first thing to understand your history and exactly what's going on even your family history all of these are clues that you're kind of piecing together And then we do an ultrasound to look at your ovaries. And if you have PCOS, that's usually like a distinct pattern you'll see in the ovaries. The pearls. They love to say it's the pearls. Yes. Yes. It's like the the eggs are all lined up neatly in a row and it's called string of pearls. It's glamorous. You know know those? Yeah, it's glamorous. It's, (laughs) um, It's sexy. No, I'm just kidding. It's basically that all those eggs that got recruited that are at the surface of the ovary that are trying out to ovulate. they all look a certain way. That's the first clue. But what PCOS is, is that you're recruiting eggs, but your brain and your brain is sending the signal to the ovary to try to pick that lucky winner that's going to ovulate, but your ovaries don't want to listen. It's like broken telephone in the ovaries. That's the best way to describe it. That's what it is. And it's genetic. Some of it, so it's a lot of it is nature, right? There might be some nurch, but a lot of it's nature my daughter. and you can't control
1: it. <laughs> so, include my daughter. And you will include my daughter, Nurch.
0: And Nurch is fault a little bit. and my she's feeling left out, girls. And it makes her. it hard to lose belly fat, which is fucking awesome. And I love well, my body.
2: It's <laughs> because a lot of people are like, I don't get how it's related, but it is related sometimes to your metabolism. It can be related to your ability to, Clear certain hormone levels. So, a lot of women, not every woman with PCOS has to have this, will have like acne or be acne prone or have like excess hair where they shouldn't have excess hair or they'll have. Like loss of hair where they shouldn't oh, be losing hair. God, uh, it doesn't always happen. But I know I there guess, are I ways don't, yeah. to control it, right? So you get the ultrasound. You also do some blood work because there's a lot of other things like thyroid issues that can masquerade themselves as PCOS. Mm. You want to make sure you're getting a thorough workup. And if we're like, okay, you have PCOS, then it really matters. The decision tree is: Are you trying to get pregnant right now? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Well, then let's focus on trying to balance out your hormones, trying to mitigate these annoying things that are happening to you so that you can have a better quality of life. So some of the things we talk about are birth control, but you can also use the IUD. You don't need to take those pills every day. The Mirena IUD or the progestin IUD is a good option because then you don't have to remember to take a pill every day. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to get pregnant, then that can be a problem because if you're not ovulating, you're not in the game, right? If you're not releasing an egg every month, it's hard to know when you're supposed to be trying and you're not getting as many tries as the next person who has a cycle every month. So then we give you medication, which is just a five days out of the month pill that you take. It's not very annoying and it just jumpstarts. It forces your ovary to listen. It's like you know that Kim Kardashian quote: "You you better get your fucking ass up and work." <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I have a picture in my head of like your pituitary <laughs> gland yelling that at your ovary, and that's Kim. My at.
0: pituitary looks just like Kim. She's obviously yeah, not totally. <laughs> totally.
2: But <laughs> medicine is
0: really. You know what? We complain, but medicine is really amazing and inspiring sometimes.
1: Totally. Except that I can't get. Um, <laughs> Let's hear I it. <laughs> this, I can't. My, there's no medicine in the modern world that can get rid of my psoriasis patch I have.
2: Really? What have you tried?
1: Everything under the sun. I've went to doctors, and I've said there needs to be
2: mm-hmm. with
1: everything we can do in today's society. We are mm-hmm. almost successfully sending people down to the Titanic. We <laughs> are walking on the moon. <laughs> we are doing all these crazy cool shit. But we, but there at this point, I would pay a million dollars if I had it. Ugh. But whatever. I but I medicine mean, is amazing. Have...
2: I have a similar problem it's right here on my forearm but I'm not trying very you, hard right yeah. like I know that I could probably try there's all these injectable medications now that people take like once every oh, two weeks like yeah. humira
1: like humira I don't believe in that not
2: even that not even that serious like it seems a little bit like humira light but again this yeah. is not my area of specialty but I would I would go back to the drawing board and investigate because I see a lot of patients and they tell me their medical histories and I've heard of a lot of them taking this other medication that is an injectable i have been a little bit leery of just taking anything um, more than just topical but i probably need to get a handle on it so this conversation has inspired me to <laughs> take it humira Thank is you. one of
1: those humira is a classic medication where you'll see a commercials for it and like they'll be like we have an amazing we have an amazing new medicine that treats psoriasis and then literally six days later they'll like are you getting bad headaches but well, we have a medicine that treats that it's called humira yeah. and then like four days later it's like are you allergic to cats? Well, try Humira. It's an amazing cat allergy medication. <laughs> it's like girls, yeah. like you're just yeah. girls. We remember, we remember girls, is what I want to say.
0: We remember girls. Wait, so um back to our main question. Now, who are you now? You have two kids, a husband, a beautiful apartment, and a career. What's that like? Are you happy every day? Are you, you You must be happy every day.
2: <laughs> Honestly, I feel so I just turned 40. This That's year, crazy. And... I feel...
1: Bitch, are you a uterus? Because you do not age.
2: Like, I love that. I got to use that. Bitch, are you a uterus? You <laughs> <gasps> bitch, um, you a uterus? I'm going to say that to the next patient that walks through my door. Bitch. <laughs> can- <Yeah. laughs>
1: bitch, the uterus is jumping out because you look 18 years old.
2: <laughs> no, but I, I know it's so cliche, but it almost feels like, not the minute maybe, but like maybe the week or the month that I turn 40. I gained so much confidence and really stopped caring. (laughs) I care. I stopped caring about what people think about me, and I feel not that it was like crippling to me before, but I just feel the most confident and the most excited and passionate about my career version of myself. that wasn't an English sentence.
1: That's kind of we never say that. Well, we never we never speak in in
0: English sentences. No, it doesn't make sense. We use English
1: words. We use English words, but not not English sentences. (laughs) I will say that I felt that way when I turned 30, but then like now I'm the 30s, it's kind of well, it's kind of going away now. Like now Um, I'm like back to like late. You need a new
2: milestone. I need a new milestone. Maybe 35 or something. Yeah, you need humorous. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Not feeling confident in your new decade. Try (laughs) humor.
2: Wait,
0: so um what was I gonna say? And what's your what's your dream? Who do you want to be?
2: So I'm just going to put it all out there. This is like, this is in the spirit of feeling confident and unencumbered by insecurity. What I really want. So one thing that you may have noticed, I don't know if you, you know, doing research during the egg freezing process or even just like going on social media, there's a lot of misinformation and crap in my Mm. field and and, in medicine in general, there's a lot of pseudoscience right now. And, but I feel like women's health is very vulnerable. People are like, Oh, this is a group that we can take advantage of and make them feel afraid about their fertility. And, and we can feed them a bunch of misinformation and make them buy these supplements that they don't need. Oh, look at me, look at me right uh, here. This is all garbage. Yeah, probably. I I mean, I didn't have time to read the labels, but there's a lot of stuff that people are doing that is unnecessary and it's all feeding this big machine. Right? So my point is Something that has helped me find purpose outside of my day-to-day purpose of helping patients is trying to educate. And I've been much more active on social media than I ever thought I would be in my life. And that was because of the pandemic. I was mm-hmm. pregnant and locked in my house and bored and thought of it as a way to like help. And now it's just kind of spiraled. And I I really feel like it's helping people. So my goal is to keep putting out content, to keep being the voice of truth. And I really would love to be like the household name for honesty in medicine and fertility, specifically, and being like a balanced voice of reason that isn't making everyone feel freaked out or panicked, but is also not giving them garbage information. And I don't think that's too oh, much to ask. So I love that's that. That's my goal. Yeah,
0: that's, that's amazing. amazing. So if you were to give, um, like three pieces of advice to the young, sexy people who listen to this podcast, what are things they can do for cheap or free to be the best, healthiest versions of themselves? Not smoke is one, but are there other things yeah. they can either not do or do that don't cost, you know, cause I know a lot of people want to do these things, but you know, most of them don't have $15,000 lying around.
2: Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't think everyone needs to freeze their eggs, but I right. think looking, so one thing is not smoking. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that. Also refers to vaping and probably smoking weed because there's a lot of other crap mixed in with all of mm-hmm. that, right? So, I'm what about like, eating
0: weed? Eating it. And
1: what, I, about we what about spritzing? What about nicotine?
2: What about spritzing, <laughs> spritzing nicotine? Have, so we don't have great data. We do not have the data, <laughs> but there is more data on the male side than the female side because it's easy to. Men are always making new sperm, so every seventy-two days. Oh, sperm good is for generated. them! Good for them! Right. So it's easy to kind of look at um, cause and effect and study that in men more so than in women. But it's probably not great. But I would say cigarette smoking and vaping we know is not good. Okay, so moving on from that, I think paying attention to your body and what's happening with your periods. Your period is like your fifth vital sign, right? You think about your heart rate, your blood pressure, all of that's important. Think about your period as a window into your health in some ways. How often are you getting it? Never. Um, I never get it. Yeah. I mean, but we know why, right? But there are some yeah, people okay, that go okay. and don't know why. Okay. We're good we're good, form- good, we're good. we're good. We're good. That's like summer <laughs> okay, house. That's
1: like summer house this season.
0: In what way is that like summer house?
1: amanda
2: that and yeah you should they, harness well, this content
1: you should watch one to two episodes of it because that's where this is a jest but basically like this girl amanda is probably about 32 and she like hadn't had her period in forever and mm. like her and her friends were all gonna be like you her friends kept being like girl you have to go to the doctor you have to go to the doctor and she was like i don't want to go to the doctor i just don't yeah. want to i don't and remember. Had, and then they all got um to support her, they all got fertility tests because she just got mm. her and she wants a baby. And they're like, we're Aww. all gonna take these together and see what comes back. And then they all revealed their results on an episode, and like, hers was fine, and then one friend was fine, and the other friend was like, yours isn't fine. And so it was kind of oh like, oh my
2: god, I hate that. Okay, so I turtle. hate that. Not to go on a tangent, but I do want to say one PSA: there is no fertility test.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's the
2: punchline, right? Like. What you're referring to, I know exactly what it is. It's a blood test called anti-malarian hormone or AMH. And it is very buzzy and sexy because you can test it whether you're on the pill or not. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your period. It's going to spit out a number and the number is going to correlate with how many eggs you have which mm. only matters if you're freezing your eggs or you're doing IVF, because then it determines how many how many uh, people are trying out for American Idol, how many eggs are Yeah. <laughs> Who's, how, many how many tickets to
1: Hollywood? How many tickets to Hollywood? they're going
2: to Hollywood. If you're trying to get pregnant on your own and you're just ovulating one egg every month, your numbers do not matter. So everyone always talks about this test as like, oh, it's my, I'm testing my fertility. I have the eggs of a 25 year old, my numbers are high. I have the eggs of a 45 year old, my numbers are low. None of that's true because there is no test for egg quality. Yeah. So if and anyone takes away anything that yeah. should be it. Ooh, and that's even juicy. just and
1: even just one egg can be an amazing singer.
2: Yes. La, la, <laughs> la, you need one egg to make a Kelly Clarkson. Okay.
1: Yeah, totally. Kelly Clarkson was well, made
2: from one egg. egg. She, was she was the,
1: the original OG- winner. That. She
0: was the OG yeah. and she is such She's such a good celebrity. I just love yeah, her. Yeah,
1: she really yeah. is. She's just
0: doing yeah. the damn thing. She's um, doing the
1: damn thing. Yeah. Don't
0: smoke, a listen third to your point. period. A third oh, yes. Oh, third point. P- please continue. <laughs> Sorry for being so militant. I'm
2: like it. I love it. I I love. This is the
0: only episode where anyone will learn anything, so it's great.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Um, so the third one is if you are trying to get pregnant, right? it's important to understand that it is normal for it to take time right? This is again, going back to being the voice of reason and saying, don't panic mm. every, I'm going to blow your mind with this fact. Every time you ovulate one egg, right? That egg has about roughly, I would say a 15% chance of turning into a pregnancy. 15. is that crazy? how?
0: People are always getting pregnant though on accident. I
2: know. I know. That's like the number one reaction that oh. I always hear. But in your 20s, it's like, okay, 20, 20% chance each month. Mm. Okay. So it's like a little bit better. In your 30s your mid 30s, I'd say 15%. If you're approaching your late 30s, like 38 and older, maybe like 10% chance each month, over 45% chance each, each month. It can still happen. But understand that the minute you get a lot of women come to me and they're like, I'm off the pill and I've been trying for two months and like something's right. wrong with me because our education system has been focused on contracepting, which is important, mm. but no one teaches you properly. Like what is the normal expectation once you're actually starting to try? So it is normal for us to take months on end. Right but you don't want to wait too long because I'm also telling you that fertility is time sensitive. And as we get older, we lose eggs and the quality of the eggs changes, the chance of ovulating a healthy egg changes. So there's like a, a fine line. So if you're under 35, we say don't wait longer than a year of trying before going in for an evaluation and it's New York city. So let's be real. Most people are coming to me after six months because mm-hmm. they're like, I just want to control everything, right. I can control, which is not wrong. Over 35, don't wait longer than six months. Okay. If you're over 40, do not wait longer than three months. And that's, and that's, i think really important and then one last thing is um if you are going through fertility struggles and you get testing done and everything comes back normal and we're like okay you have two different options we can just try to make you ovulate more eggs right now and get you there a bit faster or we could do ivf which is much more controlled one of those options allows you to freeze extra embryos for the future right which is a form of fertility preservation so don't get stuck in the trap of just focusing tunnel vision on what's right in front of you. Like, yes, you want to have a baby yesterday. So like, you're going to just do whatever, but maybe think about the big picture. If you're 35 right now and you want to have two or three kids, you know, that things are going to start changing. So maybe choose the option that will allow you to freeze Mm. extra embryos and keep them for the future because say it with me, ladies, the uterus has doesn't, doesn't age. age. It's yes. Paul Rudd.
1: It's giving the Paul Rudd is jumping out of the
0: uterus. <laughs> the uterus is the Paul Rudd of the body. <laughs> <laughs> now, my what? My last question is: Are there any supplements that are or vitamins that are real that people should take?
2: Magnesium. Um, also, <laughs> uh, so this is like kind of a lame answer, but I think that uh, being on a multivitamin is always a good idea. Because so nineties,
0: like the chocolate I know, ones. It's so you're fill like.
2: In, it's going to fill in the nutritional gaps of things that you might not be getting from your day-to-day diet. The best diet for fertility by and large is the Mediterranean cell diet, which is better for heart health. Really? I love Mediterranean food.
1: But greasy though. Greasy if you bottom. Greasy if you bottom.
2: Well, I think like good sources of fats, right? Like avocado, yeah. olive oil, nuts and seeds, and things like that. Like eat the rainbow, eat Mediterranean style. Is it food, okay to eat
0: bread, or should I jump off a bridge?
2: I think eating bread <laughs> is fine, but it's all about balance. And there's actual specific ways to eat that are better for PCOS. It's all about avoiding I'm, insulin spikes. No, I know everything. Oh, about being, everything.
0: About, no, every, when you're when you have PCOS, you basically your body like thinks it's diabetic and just like makes you. Yeah. Nightmarish, and it also affects your mood, which is why I'm a nightmare. But well, I have a question. A few weeks, a few weeks back, Doctor Lucky, I actually crushed up an Oreo cookie inside of a pint of Ben and Jerry's, and I was wondering if that is good for um, heart health and fertility.
2: I mean, I think it's it was probably good for your mental state. <laughs> it well, was good. It, it was so good. I'm still thinking about. But it. I think everything in moderation. Honestly. I know you're and right. You can't. You can't you're clean. If you overly restrict yourself, you're going to eventually binge and 100p. like hyperfixate. So it's just better to be balanced.
0: 112 percent So to to wrap up on this podcast before we leave, we like to ask everyone if they have. A crush of the week. A crush of the week can be a person, place, thing. Anything that's been you've been into lately. It can be a show, an idea, um, an actual hot person, whatever. Pat, do you have one?
1: Oh. A crush of the week. Um, I said the guy from Survivor, didn't I already? Um, so you said Paul I. Red. I said Paul <laughs> Rudd. I, I don't have a crush on Paul Rudd, and in fact, I think he does age like other humans.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't want to have sex with him, but he's very good looking.
1: Yeah, no don't
0: Sometimes if you touch, I, s- I feel like you would feel weird. Like, I feel like if I would touch, I had, I slept with someone once who's, <laughs> I say this with so much love, they- their skin felt weird to me. And I think that was a biological signal. Anyways, my boyfriend's skin <laughs> feels nice and taut. They need a humera.
1: My, my- crush with the week yeah. are my, t- my tools that I have um, to achieve serenity because I feel like I've been pushed lately <laughs> towards not being in the in serenity and i'm thanking god for my tools that i have to try to center myself um once again
0: i love that my crush of the week is you know i have to say i was walking i live in the west village and i was walking around the west village yesterday during the pride parade and i was like how lucky am i to live in the most amazing neighborhood in the entire world and to be in the center of it all and even though it was really confusing and hard to get back to my house um, I feel really grateful to live where I live. So my crush of the week is New York City, specifically the Wazbat. That...
2: Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, my crush of the week are you two. No. Oh yes. no. Oh, I know boy. that's super cheesy, but it's true because I think um it is amazing that you dedicated an entire episode of your podcast, which is amazing, to talking about this because a lot of people wouldn't make that same decision because it's not necessarily a sexy topic. I think it's amazing that you went through egg freezing, but it wasn't enough for you to just do it for yourself. I feel like you've talked about it very openly and you never know how many people you're helping by talking about it and bringing I good so. information.
0: That's so. so sweet. Thank you so much. Um we're so appreciative you came on. This was so informative even yeah, for me. So even though I cuz even though I've heard some of this stuff before, it's really really helpful to hear it like all laid out as one holistic thing. But our last question of the day is, are you mad at me? Are you mad at us?
1: Are you mad at me that no. I maybe had a lag?
0: No, no, I just I just told you that- um, I, know. I know, we, we to have ask. to, we have to ask. Pat, are you mad at me because you have a lag?
1: Um, no, are you mad at me because I have a lag?
0: No, I, I don't really hear much of a lag, so I feel bad for you. I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's our episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Lucky Secon. Where can people find you and follow
2: you? So I work in New York City at RMA of New York, where you froze your eggs. Yes. And I'm in our Soho and Midtown East office. Sheik. And I have 14 amazing physician partners. So you could see any of us at one of many different locations throughout the city. Um, I'm on Instagram at lucky.secon S-E-K-H-O-N. And I actually have a website, which is super cheesy, called The Lucky Egg. But it has really good information, and I, I love Q and As, and put out, um, oh. I put put to rest a lot of myths and misconceptions. Oh, and I just want to also say, if you guys ever need like a resident uh, doctor or fertility expert mm. to answer questions for your guests or for um, people amazing. that listen to your podcast, I'm I'm all I'm all about that. Thank, Thank you, you so, so
0: much. much. Well, thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful day and um, live, laugh, love. Thank you guys for listening and go follow Dr. Lucky.